Star Wars 7x7 episode 2391. All right, what do you say? Are we ready to talk about Light of the Jedi yet? Punch it. Hey, Rebel Rouser. I'm Alan Voivod, and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy. And thank you so much for joining me for it. If you're checking out the video version of this, then my apologies for the less than formal attire for the video. I am a bit under the weather the last couple of days, and I'm just feeling a lot more comfortable being warm. So <laughs> that explains the presentation for now. So thank you for bearing with me. But you don't want to be bothered with all of that. You want to know about Light of the Jedi, which is the first adult novel in the launch of the High Republic multimedia initiative and this is mostly non-spoilery there might be the mildest of spoilers we'll get into spoilery territory deeper spoilery territory in subsequent episodes of the show here and i remember in early discussions about this novel before it came out charles sewell who's the author of the book talked about it being many things including you know a disaster novel and a mystery and a this and a that and the other and he's absolutely right it is the inclusion of multiple genres it is however actually separated in a way so it's not as if it's really all in a mishmash it kind of happens serially in that sense so the great disaster which you probably have read about but the situation where a ship the legacy run encounters something in its hyperspace travels and in trying to avoid a collision ends up breaking apart and coming out of hyperspace this is the great disaster with many pieces of the ship coming out in different places in the outer rim that is the first part of the novel so the entirety of that first part the great disaster is dedicated to dealing with the legacy run incident and the aftermath of it in and around the Hetzel system. And that first part against the backdrop of this great disaster does its best to introduce you to a wide range of Jedi in a wide range of capacities. They're pilots, they're interacting on the ground with citizens, they are strategists who are coordinating with the New Republic, and they also communicate with the Force and interact with the Force and understand the Force in a variety of ways, a variety of new ways that we haven't seen discussed or considered in any other Star Wars storytelling, which makes sense because we are being introduced to Jedi at an incredible time in their history. And so, you know, it's, it's rather interesting to see their understanding of the Force be so broad. And yet, there are also references to the fact that the Jedi are still working on their understanding of the Force and believe that there is a lot more to be learned about how they interact with the Force, about their capabilities through the Force. It's as if the abilities that they have developed so far are so exciting that it's making them realize, wow, if this can be done or that can be done, what else can possibly be done? Although there is some tension in that regard, and it's kind of hinted at, it's alluded to a little bit about the notion of whether the existing ways of interacting with the Force or the existing ways of 
creating abilities that can be accessed with the force, whether you should stick with the abilities that are known or whether it's worth actually exploring and finding other ways that the force can be manipulated. Now, whereas that first part, The Great Disaster, really introduces you to a whole swath of Jedi, the second part, which is called The Paths, really narrows the focus. And so, on the one hand, you are concentrating only on a certain set of Jedi, and so that definitely makes the process of absorbing all of these new characters and new information go a little bit easier. But it also expands in the sense that you start getting to know the Nihil, which are the main villainous group involved in the proceedings. And whereas that first part, The Great Disaster, is rather breakneck and breathless in terms of its storytelling and the countdown to impending disaster, that ticking clock goes away in the second part. And on the one hand, it's great because it's a bit of a relief. It's a bit of a breather before you get into the finale. But also it does feel like it sags a little bit. At least it was for my own particular reading of it. And your experience may differ, of course. It did feel a little bit in a way like The Last Jedi in the sense that, yes, there are things happening, but the danger, the conflict is not nearly as present. Yes, there is one situation where we see the Jedi in a remote outpost and they're having to deal with a local conflict and that creates a little bit of action, but compared to the slam bang opening, it really feels like the stakes kind of drop very low in that middle part. And that middle section is about half again as long as the first section. There is a lot of table setting that's going on in it and your patience going through that will be rewarded because part three, which is the storm, is just as slam bang exciting as the first part was and perhaps even more so. I will say that for my own part, as I was reading about the Nile and getting to know them through that middle part, I did not necessarily see them as a legitimate threat to the Jedi or a group that would cause them much difficulty. But boy oh boy, my perception <laughs> was changed in that third part. And my you know feeling on that had been that about not just the Nile in general, but Marshawn Rowe and specific Marshawn Rowe being the leader of the Nile. And, you know, from everything that I had heard and read about prior to reading the novel, I thought Marshawn Rowe was going to be pretty compelling and devastating. And his initial depictions in the novel were not matching up with that for me. But by the time we get to the end of part two, and then definitely as we go through part three, holy cow, wow, they have created a radical villain and the Jedi are going to have an extremely difficult time with him. And this is to say nothing of the Republic's involvement in all of this. And yes, the Republic sees the Nihil as a threat. And yes, they're going to take action to help eliminate that threat. But ultimately, I think this comes down to the Jedi and the Nile, especially considering that all the material about this High Republic initiative has been about what scares the Jedi, right? It's been about the fact that we're meeting the Jedi at one of their golden ages of performance and existence in the galaxy. And so I do think that even though the Republic is going to play a part in this, it's really about the Jedi more than anything else. And we're also going to have some consideration about the Jedi's place within this Republic. And it's already touched upon in the novel to some degree. And it's 
kind of interesting because it parallels in a way the kinds of conversations you could have had during the prequel era about the Jedi's involvement with the Republic and what level should be appropriate and considering the Jedi's capacity for military action how appropriate is it for them to do that and under what circumstances? It seems like these are going to be questions that are visited in the High Republic era as well. And it'll be interesting to see how much it echoes what happens in the prequel era. So, Charles Sewell's Light of the Jedi. It's his first novel for Star Wars and it has such an incredibly heavy load to carry because it has to introduce us to the fine details of this era of Star Wars storytelling and a lot of different characters as well. It does a terrific job of that, manages to keep excitement through a good chunk of the novel, does kind of maybe sag a little bit, but does a lot of table setting that will reward you and your patience and your attention once you get to that final part of the novel and sets you up for some very exciting storytelling going forward. And that is our initial non-spoiler review or mostly non-spoiler review of Light of the Jedi and that's going to do it for this episode of the show as well. It just remains for me to say thank you so much for joining me for it as always and may the force be with you wherever in the world you may be. Star Wars 7 by 7 is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2020 by Star Wars 7 by 7 We hope you love it.